It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We haven't talked about it much, but conference realignment rumors are all over the place. ACC, Big 12, Pac-12, what to make of all of that, as well as some new news on the BYU basketball program going overseas later this summer. I think that's a good thing for Mark Pope and company. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day, excuse me. And thank you for being an everydayer with us to the thousands of you who tune in every single day right here on your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Today's title sponsor is a new sponsor on the program, our friends over at Bird Dogs. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. When you enter the promo code locked on college, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order we'll tell you a little bit more about them as today's show progresses but let's dive right in and talk all things byu but more importantly we don't talk about it a lot at least we haven't talked about it recently is that the big 12 the pac 12 and the acc like a uh, trio of conference realignment rumors just rage on a big story yesterday coming out via ross dellinger of sports illustrated indicating that the acc is very much not con- Intent with how things stand for them. They are locked in with media rights still to the middle part of next decade. And according to all reports, the grant of rights that they signed when they signed that new deal with ESPN is pretty much uh, ironclad and airtight. But it sounds like there are seven schools, half of the conference, speaking of the ACC, who are being called the quote-unquote Magnificent Seven, according to Brett McMurphy, who are examining all options potentially to bolt the conference or uh, get themselves out of that media rights deal. But that just is one facet of this. We're also seeing that the Pac-12 we're going on almost a year of their ongoing media rights deal. Uh, rumors out there, people have told me that the linear side of things is done, but the streaming side is still yet to be completed, and that's what's holding things up for the Pac-12. And as you would expect, with every passing day that there's not a media rights deal in play for the Pac-12, the rumors and grow stronger and stronger about the Big 12, which BYU is very proud to be part of, or at least will be a part of I think we're now 47 days away uh, from BYU officially entering the Big 12 Conference, and I, for one, cannot wait to see that happen. I mean, 46 days today, so coming up very very quickly here for the BYU football program, but uh, I'm just speaking from a Cougar perspective, a Cougar fan, I should say, is that you should be very happy that the Big 12 appears to be the most poised to make a move if a new move needs to be made, or they're already locked in and really have an advantageous position in terms of their overall length and the deal they have, media rights-wise, as they try and uh, play catch-up, so to say, behind what they're calling the Power 2 now, both the Big 10 and the ACC. Is the Big 12 ever going to 
catch those conferences? I don't think so. But the thing about this is, is Brett Yormark has very much stuck his neck out there to make sure that the Big 12 is a viable player in whatever scenario. You can't say that about Jim Phillips in the ACC. You can't say that about George Klyovkov in the Pac-12. They are obviously dealing with all kinds of industry issues. Uh, the ACC has got half of their conference looking to mutiny and run out of the conference, potentially into the waiting arms of either the Big 10 or the SEC if they'll have him. The Pac-12, there's rumors out there that the uh, Oregon and Washington have been vetted uh, by uh, the Big 10 and potentially could be options to be added to that conference if they decide to make a move. There's also the four corner schools, as they're calling them, Utah, Colorado, and the Arizona schools who are rumored to be uh, interested or at least have some cursory interest in the Big 12 and the Big 12 vice versa having interest in them. The ongoing situation with this, it screams to me, is that we're only in middle of May, folks. There, there could be a long ways to go with this, and this could be a really crazy summer of upheaval. It's been like three straight years of upheaval during the summer with regards to conference realignment, but based on how quickly things are going with all three of these conferences, speaking of the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big 12, it feels like this summer might be the one that has like the most fireworks in a way, and that would be saying something. Honestly, it would be really saying something to see this summer surpass all of the other ones, but don't be surprised. Keep your eye on it. I'm not saying that anything's going to happen, but all of the... I guess, elements you need to have a quote-unquote firestorm or a, just an overall just crazy conference realignment summer, it's all there, and it's, it's kind of fermenting right now. And the issue will be, it, does it ultimately play out? Does, does moves get made? Do people get appeased with regards to the ACC and the seven schools trying to get out of their uh, conference realignment deal? The biggest thing is also is that there are people, Ross Dellinger was one of them who wrote about this yesterday in Sports Illustrated, uh, but he's saying that the, the feeling around the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are like almost night and day different. The The Pac-12 is just kind of looking at, okay, when we get this media rights still done? Do we have to expand to make sure that we secure ourselves? Meanwhile, Brett Yormark and the Big 12 just kind of sit over there and they're like, okay, we've locked ourselves in. We have a very good uh, situation at hand and we're looking at other options. Potentially going to Mexico to play games. Playing basketball games at Rucker Park. They are being very forward-facing and just kind of open-minded to any and all opportunities, speaking of the Big 12, to make sure that that they have that opportunity to go out and make the moves necessary to bolster themselves. So, like I said, as a Cougar fan, you should feel very, very confident about where things stand. It's crazy to think how quickly the tides have turned. Remember how uh, pompous and highfalutin the, the Pac-12 was for a hot minute there? Well, suddenly they're in just all kinds of peril of potentially being torn apart as a conference. I, I, I'll be an advocate once again. I'll say that, Brett, your mark, if you really want to kind of stick a stake in the Pac-12 and really show that you mean business, Go and still San Diego State out from the nose, out from under the nose of the Pac-12. That is the most natural addition for the Pac-12 to make in my mind. And Brett Yormark should just go out and strike fear in the hearts of everybody by stealing San Diego State. If you want to make a true coast-to-coast conference, grab San Diego State, make them your true Western Pacific time zone anchor. And then, as Russ Dellinger reported, maybe go and uh, snipe a, a program like UConn. UConn is independent in football, but they are members of the Big East in basketball, and they are absolutely Absolutely uh, flying high right now on, in the basketball realm. Could they add to an already stellar basketball conference? Absolutely. San Diego State would do the same thing. And maybe you go and grab, finally you grab Gonzaga in basketball and make yourself essentially all four corners of this great country of the United States of America. You will have a Big 12 presence in truthfully. And 
that that's the way I would go about things if I was Brett Yormark. But we'll find out how expansion-minded he truly is. But it feels like, in a way, Brett Yormark's kind of sitting back and trying to read the tea leaves. Is the ACC really going to dissolve? Are there going to be some of those quote-unquote free agents coming out of that conference that could bolster the Big 12? Maybe so. And maybe he's sitting back to wait and find out about that. Maybe he's waiting to see what the Pac-12 actually gets in terms of their media rights still and then uh, tries to push it into overdrive in uh, picking off one or two programs along the way there. Obviously, you'd have to do that very quickly because essentially, if San Diego State's going to join the Pac-12, they have got to give the Mountain West Conference notice by June 30th and pay $17 million in an exit fee to get out of that conference. They, like I said, if they want to be in, in the conference in time for 2024, well, you got about a month and a half to get this done. So it really does feel like all of this is kind of coming to a head. But uh, from the BYU perspective, just be happy where you stand because you don't have a conference that's threatening to tear itself apart, speaking of the ACC, or another one that's being threatened every single day by outside forces all around it from other conferences. The Big 12 has established itself as a as a as a very stable league in the eye of all of this. Remember, it wasn't very long ago that the Big 12 was kind of threatened to be pulled apart, be picked apart, and who knows where some of these programs would end up in terms of a conference. And in just, what, four or five years' time, suddenly they are maybe the most stable outside of the Big Ten and the SEC, and that's truthfully saying something. So uh, I'm really intrigued as to how things are going to go, but just kind of reading between the lines on all these stories coming out here, feels like this summer, folks, buckle up. It could get really, really crazy out there on the conference realignment front if that's something that you really enjoy covering. I I enjoy it, and I'll bring you bits and pieces here and there. I'm not going to necessarily take a ton of your time to talk about that, but uh, like I said, it just it felt like there were too many storylines kind of percolating to the surface as I got ready for today's show not to discuss it, but once again, as a Cougar fan, be very, very happy that you're where you're at. It's crazy to think how quickly things have changed uh, kind of in the college football and college sports uh, landscape, and suddenly the Big 12, man, sure looks like uh, life's pretty good as a Big 12 member, which BYU is soon to be. All right, coming up here in just a minute, uh, BYU basketball. They're going to embark on a uh, summer tour. They're going to head overseas. And this is actually think, a very advantageous thing for BYU with some of the new additions to this roster as well as a young roster overall that is still trying to coalesce around each other and get ready for their debut in the Big 12 this season. We'll get to that in just a moment as we continue on right here on Locked On Cougars. Now, as I mentioned, we have a new sponsor here on the show, our friends over at Bird Dogs. They have been a fantastic new partner of ours. Folks, I just got some Bird Dogs. I got some, uh, two pairs of shorts from them. I tried them on. My wife was absolutely thrilled. She said they looked uh, great. The best part about this is they fit incredibly well. I don't necessarily have the, the the tree trunks of legs I would aspire to have as a guy, but the best part is bird dogs. They are fantastic fitting uh, to my form. Uh, the best part is the fabric is absolutely incredible. It's breathable, but more importantly, it's stretching. It allows you to kind of do everything you want to do. There's no longer those cotton shorts that kind of constrict you and stop you from moving. That is what bird dogs are all about, my friends. They're trying to give you that freedom to do whatever you want to do and the best part is they're versatile. I feel I could take this to the golf course, go out on a date with my wife, and even wear them to work all in the same day if I truly, truthfully had to do that. And I very well may have to do that at some point. But I can tell you this much, bird dogs will fit the bill in every single circumstance. So once again, go to birddogs.com slash locked on college day. And when you enter the promo code uh, promo code locked on college, they're going to throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti Styler tumbler with every purchase. If you're watching this on YouTube, There's mine right there. I got mine just yesterday. So it's a fantastic, fantastic deal, my friends. Once again, birddogs.com slash lockedoncollege. Get started today. Use that promo code lockedoncollege to get your free Tumblr as well. That's birddogs.com slash lockedoncollege. 
The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you for being everydayers with us here on the podcast. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we're going to have a great chat. I'm looking forward to it. I had a, a great time recording this one with Locked On Horn Frogs host, Locked On TCU host, Stephen Simcox, a good friend of mine, uh, talking a lot about their run to the national title game a year ago. How do they go about uh, doing that again this year potentially? And also, what do they expect as they face off against BYU down there in Fort Worth and BYU's inaugural season as a Big 12 member? Is the fire still there? for TCU fans going back to the Mountain West and whack days between the Cougars and the Horned Frogs. You'll hear that on tomorrow's podcast. All right, on other news, BYU basketball is going to head overseas. Jeff Goodman uh, uh, from uh, I think like Field of 68 now works a lot of different things, Stadium Network, all kinds of stuff. Uh, he reported that 71 uh, Division One basketball programs are going to embark on a summer tour overseas to play basketball games. BYU will reportedly be among them. Uh, Jeff Goodman reported that yesterday morning. The expected dates for BYU are between August 18th and the 27th, and the Cougars are expected to go to Italy and Croatia this summer. And according to what Robbie McCombs reported from the Vanquish the Foes, uh, com, he is saying between three and four games played against professional teams in those two areas, both Croatia and Italy. I think this is actually a really, really smart move by Mark Pope. Now, the NCAA rules stipulate that you can only make one of these overseas trips once every four years, and BYU had not gone, if, not, if I don't recall correctly, it was 2019 is the last time they went. So they essentially waited five years to make this trip. Now, the pandemic probably played a role in that. But at the same time, there's part of me, and I, I don't know this for certain, but I have a feeling that Mark Pope understood maybe I hold off on making that overseas trip until just before we go into Big 12 play and then uh, make that trip to coalesce around each other and really kind of build our core. BYU's obviously went out and worked in the transfer portal to add a number of players, guys like Ali Khalifa, Quez Glover, as well as Dawson Baker. I think that this is the type of trip that can really help them integrate themselves with this BYU basketball team. Extra practice time. So overall, extra time together as a team on that tour. And the best part is you get to see some great parts of Europe. Italy and Croatia are absolutely awesome. Obviously, Croatia uh, was formerly part of Yugoslavia, which was the home, uh, the birthplace of Kreshimir Čošić, obviously one of the great BYU legends, a Yugoslavian guy who came over, Yugoslavian star, I guess I should say, basketball player, who came to BYU, ended up converting to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, went back to Yugoslavia, was in just an integral part of their basketball infrastructure there in the Baltic region of Europe and uh, Croatia uh, has a statue uh, built and uh, dedicated to uh, Kresha Mertosic in Zadar uh, which is in uh, Zadar is it Zadar I don't remember how to pronounce that correctly I apologize but nonetheless that'll be a great opportunity for BYU I'm sure they'll make a pilgrimage there and take a picture with that statue Chosic is very much intertwined with the history of BYU basketball and like I said this is just an awesome awesome thing the other thing that point was pointed out that I didn't think think about when I was considering this overseas trip that uh, Robbie McCombs did and uh, he actually mentioned that uh, some of the opportunities NIL wise overseas will actually be easier for some of the international players for BYU for Fusini Traore Atiki Ali Atiki as well as Ali Khalifa they could all uh, get some NIL opportunities from overseas opportunities being outside of the country uh, working because of the stipulations with regards to their visas in the states limit their opportunities to work uh, with NIL so I really think this 
this is a fantastic idea for BYU basketball to go overseas, uh, expose the brand of BYU, obviously. And the best part is, I don't know if you guys saw this, uh, BYU has sent their women's uh, soccer team, just finished a tour of Europe themselves. They won four games over there. They have BYU fans at, at most of their games. The women's uh, volleyball team is currently, they were in Paris and then also headed to Cairo, Egypt, if I recall correctly. And uh, Jerem Jordan tweeted out there were BYU fans at their match as they took on the, the Egyptian national team. This is this is what BYU should be doing as often as they possibly can. This is a school, speaking of Brigham Young University, who's got a universal worldwide approach, uh, not approach, a reach that is unparalleled by many other schools out there. The connection with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it, it's just, it's everywhere. It's global. It is going to allow expats, uh, whether they're from the United States, members of the LDS faith in those areas who grew up there, to go out and watch these teams in person. I can guarantee you that Italian uh, fans of BYU, uh, Saints that grew up in Italy, that live there now, will probably flock to watch BYU. I'd imagine those in Croatia will do the same thing with the BYU basketball program. Like I said, we've seen it with women's soccer already, as women's volleyball right now that's ongoing. This is this is a very, very smart move for BYU. And the nice part is it also can have, a, I guess, an ancillary effect on BYU's recruiting. Are they going to go out there and find the next star player on this tour? Maybe not. And I, I actually would highly doubt they do that. But it may expose the brand of BYU to some player who eventually grows up to become a great player and could help BYU get some influence in bringing them into the program. Uh, a number of you have expressed this to me in the past. I believe it's something that BYU basketball should be doing. They should be casting a net uh, far further worldwide than they already are. Now, I have to say they have done a better job under Mark Pope than they did under previous regimes at BYU. Think about this. Ali Khalifa is from Egypt. Atiki Ali Atiki is from Africa, as well as Fuseni Troyeri. So they, they are casting that net wider and wider. But you can capture even more talent, it feels like, as you continue to have kind of a, a mindset of this is a worldwide game. Look at how many players have come from overseas to dominate in the NBA. You can't tell me that there aren't more of those guys especially in Europe where BYU is going this summer that you cannot uh, find out there as you work your contacts, that type of stuff. So this is this is a great trip for BYU to get the guys currently in the program uh, working together, get them integrated, get some extra practice time, actually play some games as they get ready to play in the Big 12 Conference. But more importantly than that, it helps you expose your brand globally. It also helps you maybe, like I said, build some recruiting contacts in the international realm, particularly in Europe over there. And maybe down the road it pays off with a player or two that you can find and bring into your program in Provo. So I think this is just a win-win-win all the way around for BYU basketball and very much looking forward to seeing them make that trip overseas and hope that they're able to uh, find uh, success out there, even if they don't necessarily win all of their games, but just get an opportunity to expand the brand, the the reach, and just the overall appeal of BYU basketball and Brigham Young University by extension. All right, uh, coming up here in just a minute, we'll finish out today's show with a look back at another game in the 155 games of BYU football that we've been going through all offseason long. Also, BYU soccer, women's soccer, is going to kick off the Big 12 era for BYU with the first Big 12 game of any uh, BYU-affiliated a program. We'll talk about their schedule. They just announced the Big 12 schedule they announced yesterday. We'll get to that as well as how BYU Golf is doing in the NCAA Regionals, as well as a story about BYU Golf that I failed to mention on yesterday's show, but a couple of you reached out and pointed out to me. We'll get to all of that as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. 
So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you once again for joining us right here on Locked On Cougars. If you have done so already, if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that follow button. It's just right down here below uh, the video window. Uh, Hit that subscribe button. Also hit the bell notification icon. So that way when a new episode drops, it notifies you right away. You can be among the first uh, to hear the show and comment on it. I love when you guys are like the, you put first in the comment section. It it really means the world to me that you guys are racing to be the first to listen to the show. But thank you for doing that. If you have not done so, join that race. Like I said, subscribe to the show. Or if you're watching this at slash listening to it on other podcast formats, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all that type of stuff, please follow, rate, review the show. Thank you uh, for your help in doing that. It really continues to expand the brand. I cannot thank you guys enough for your support on that front. All right, uh, before we go on today's show, other news going on. Uh, BYU Women's Soccer announced their Big 12 schedule yesterday. Uh, The conference as a whole announced this. BYU will play their first Big 12 game. Uh, The Women's Soccer Program will be the first BYU program to play a Big 12 12 official game when they host TCU September 14th at Southfield. BYU's format of games are going to be Thursday Monday formats. The conference traditionally has gone Thursday Sunday but because BYU obviously does not play on Sunday they will play most of their matches the the secondary matches in a week on a Monday. So BYU will open up Thursday September 14th against TCU. They will have a full week off before returning to action when they head to Baylor on September 21st but it is a full slate of games for BYU. It's a big opportunity for the Cougars. They'll play 10 conference games in all. Four of them will be first-time meetings uh, between the Cougars and some of these opponents. I think UCF was one of them. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, Iowa State may have been one. I remember all of them off the top of my head, but it's a great opportunity. So Cincinnati, Iowa State, Texas Tech, and UCF. There we go. Those are the four that BYU has never faced in women's soccer action, but this is a huge Huge opportunity for women's soccer. Like I said, they just had a great tour overseas. Something like 13 days, four matches won against a pro and semi-pro teams over there in Europe. So uh, looking very much forward to BYU women's soccer kicking off the Big 12 era in earnest on September 14th. But uh, the nice part is those Thursday-Monday formats should allow you as a Cougar fan to maybe support women's soccer a little more heavily than you had in the past. They played a lot of Saturday matches that kind of conflicted or coincided with BYU football games. during the fall, but this should allow you maybe to get out to some more games down there at Southfield and make it a true uh, home field advantage for BYU. Now, other notes, BYU uh, men's golf got off to a little bit of a slow start playing in the Morgan Hill Invitational. Uh, they are ninth place right now as a team. Zach Jones, who is the defending Utah State amateur champion, is in fifth place with a 369 to lead BYU's golf team in the first day of that regional. Uh, they are just four strokes out of a tie for fifth, which is uh, the fifth place teams, top five teams, I should say, at the regionals will punch their ticket to the NCAA championships, which will be May 26th through the 31st at Greyhawk Golf Club in Scottsdale, Arizona. So BYU does have work to do if they want to make it to the NCAA championships, but uh, Zach Jones doing his part. BYU got 72s from Carson Lundell and David Timmons in the first round, as well as a 75 from former high, uh, Skyline High star Tyson Shelley. Going to need those guys to start to go a lot lower in this regional if BYU wants to make it. They've got uh, f- uh, excuse me, 36 holes still to go in this. is a 54 
four-hole regional tournament uh, with a chance to advance to the final. So best of luck to BYU men's golf as they try and make that run. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, as they try and do that because, they, like I said, they're going up against some very good teams. Uh, Pepperdine, one of their conference rivals from their era in the West Coast Conference, who BYU beat out for the West Coast Conference title. Uh, they're in that field. I think Florida State's out there. So there's a lot of good teams BYU's going up against, and they're obviously going to have their work cut out for them to finish in the top five. But hopefully BYU can make a run here over the next two days and punch their ticket to the NCAA championships. Now, also, I failed to mention this yesterday. William Hecker, uh, one of the guys who reached out about this, uh, Peter Kest had a fantastic run over the weekend on the PGA Tour. I uh, made his first cut as a professional of at the, uh, what was it? There was the uh, TPC, excuse me. Uh, I got to pull this up here. I apologize. I, I had it open, then I closed it on accident. I do this a lot. I apologize. Kind of a dumb thing that I, I do. I, I I click over to it and actually kind of rest my icon on the X, and it, it knocks out. But he actually had a good run. At the, it was the Arnold Palmer. No, it was the Arnold Palmer. It was Byron Nelson. That's the great uh, golfer. It was at t Byron Nelson this past weekend. Uh, Peter Kest actually finished tied for 14th, made 160, uh, excuse me, $167,000 in his first made cut on the PGA Tour. He was playing on a sponsor's exemption. Really cool stuff for Peter Kest. So congratulations to the former Cougar on making that run. It's really cool to see him uh, live in his dream. He finished uh, tie, excuse me, tied for 14th uh, with a total score of 17 under. Jason Day actually won the tournament at 23 under. But for Peter Kest to make it on a sponsor's exemption, he does not have PGA Tour card status right now. But for him to finish that highly in the top 15 of a PGA Tour event, it's a fantastic showing for him and $160,000 plus to put in the bank along with it. A lot worse ways to make a living, my friends. So congratulations to Peter Kest on that. And thank you to all of you uh, who reminded me to mention that. I apologize. I did not mention it previously. All right. Final thing before we go on today's show is we look back at another game in BYU's independent era. We're midway through the 2016 season. BYU had just come off an absolutely wild win at home over Toledo, 55-33. Then they faced off against another Power 5 opponent in Michigan State. Now... I have a connection to this game because my parents actually traveled to this game. They had asked me, hey, Jake, what would be a fun game during the 2016 season you think would be fun to go to? I said, well, Michigan State's kind of a unique one. You can go out to East Lansing, Michigan, and watch BYU take on MSU. Don't necessarily know how good MSU was going to be. I thought they were going to be better than they were. But BYU went into East Lansing and just laid a hurt on Michigan State. They ended up running away with a 31-14 win. Uh, BYU scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. As you might recall, as BYU just kind of raced to, uh, to a big win for BYU, giving Michigan State their third straight loss on the season. Jamal Williams followed up his 286-yard performance against Toledo with 163 yards and two touchdowns. Taysom Hill had 138 yards and a touchdown uh, passing, but he necessarily didn't need to do as much. He actually also added uh, 47 yards and a touchdown on the ground in the win for BYU, but this was a very impressive win. I think that gets overlooked far too often. Now, Michigan State, were they great? No, they weren't, but the thing about this was, this was you going on a, in a true road format during BYU's independent era and beating a team very thoroughly on their home field. A lot of the wins that BYU had in true road games over Power 5 opponents during their independent era, a lot of them were squeakers. You can think of that Tennessee game. You can think of the Wisconsin game, that type of stuff. You would uh, win three in that way. This one, 
BYU just absolutely boat raced Michigan State on their home field. And a huge win for BYU. Got them back to 500 on the season at 3-3. Three and three. Obviously, as the Cougars were uh, riding a little higher after a rough start to the season. And then they would head in uh, to a, a really crazy game. Uh, just another Power 5 opponent. Mississippi State coming to town. We'll talk about that one uh, coming up later this week on the podcast. All right, so there you go. That's the rundown of everything you need to know as a Cougar fan here on a Tuesday. A big thank you once again for being with us. Make, thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Thank you for being first, uh, not first dayers, every dayers right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just a quick reminder, tomorrow we're going down to TCU. We're making a trip down to Fort Worth to talk with Stephen Simcox. We'll talk about the Horn Frogs and the Cougars as they renew uh, acquaintances in the Big 12 Conference coming up this fall. What to make of that? What does uh, Stephen think of the chances for TCU to make a run like they made last year? We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about BYU's chances as they face off against the Horn Frogs down there in Fort Worth in the middle of of October. So there you go. That's it. Thank you once again for tuning in. Hope you guys have a fantastic day whenever you hear this. I am headed out on vacation, so everything else uh, this week, anything else that breaks on BYU's front, we'll have you covered early next week when I return from vacation, but we are not leaving you high and dry. We've got episodes scheduled for the entire time that I am out on vacation, but nonetheless, hope you guys are doing well, and thank you for tuning in to right here on Locked on Cougars. See ya. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.